Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 3. Hallelujah. And we want to continue with this that we've been on for the last few weeks, 13, I believe, weeks, on anointed for authority. And uh, they're just, uh, things just continue to unfold. And uh, we're looking right now at elements that, that, that cause authority to not flow the way that it could flow in a person's life. Uh, when Adam was disobedient, he was not only disobedient, although that was a large, a large problem in and of itself, he was unfaithful. He was unfaithful to God and unfaithful to God's Word. The word unfaithful, it means not observant of promises, vows, allegiance, or duty. Not observant of promises, vows, allegiance, or duty. It also means to violate trust or confidence. When, when Adam chose to do what he knew God had said not to do, it proved his unfaithfulness. And it cost him. It cost him his relationship with God. And it cost him the authority that he had been given. All right? Because uh, unfaithfulness, I, I would say this, faithfulness is one of the main components of functioning where God wants you to function. Unfaithfulness will, will, will destroy that. All right? Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. Notice... Uh, and when the woman saw the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, I know we've heard things like this before, but get the picture. Adam was right there with his wife. He didn't happen upon this scene and say, well, honey, what are you doing? He was right there. He heard what the serpent said to her. He heard what was said. He heard the words. He heard what the serpent said. And by going along with it, he was not only disobedient, he was unfaithful to what God had said. Right? He heard what was said. Listen, if, if you are standing with a group of people or standing by somebody and they start talking about a friend of yours or a brother or a sister in Christ, and they start talking about them, and you don't say something, you're unfaithful. Amen. And the enemy was saying very dishonorable statements about God. He knows in the day you eat that you'll be like him. 
He's keeping something from you. That's dishonorable. That, that, that is derogatory verbiage concerning God. Adam, if for no other reason, should have stepped up and stopped that because of the way he was speaking. Amen. Now verse 17. Notice verse 17. It says, and unto Adam he said, because you hearkened unto the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree that I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake, in sorrow you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So he said, because you've hearkened. The word means because you listened or because you yielded to. You listened or you yielded. Well, just by that definition, that means he had an option. He didn't have to listen. He didn't have to yield. Remember in the, in the book of Proverbs chapter 7, it makes this statement. It talks about the, the uh, uh, young man that the Bible calls uh, a simpleton, all right, that has no, that's a foolish young man. And it says that he met the brazen woman. And it says, with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. She kept, he kept listening to what she was saying, and eventually he yielded to her. And what's the Bible say? He doesn't know that he's going like an like a ox to the slaughter. Because he yielded. She caused him, if you listen... To things that are unfaithful enough, eventually you'll yield to it. Eventually you'll yield to it. And Adam listened until the point that he yielded. It wasn't that he listened to his wife. See, people have used this verse to to get all kinds of out of balance over the years, especially in religious circles. Well, see there, you know, the uh, the man doesn't have to listen to the woman because, look, we got in trouble when he listened. What was he listening to? Right? Amen. The, the Bible calls wisdom a she for a reason. Hey, all you married men ought to be saying, that's right. Amen. Good. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. What was he listening to? He was listening and yielded to something that was against what God said. Hearing it and listening to it are two different things. Hearing it and yielding to it are two different things. Hallelujah. Adam's responsibility, hear this, was to God and His Word. Our responsibility is to God and His Word. Amen. It's to God and His Word. When he yielded to his wife, he became unfaithful to God. Because the Bible says that God is true. That when it comes to deciding between what God said and what people said, that we choose God to be true and every person a liar. Amen. Amen. See, that's why you see a lot of things that are... That are uh, let, let me say this. You'll see people and they'll talk about segments of the church that they'll say uh, they're, they're powerless or they don't have power. I'll tell you the, the segment of the church, if that's what you want to call it, that's not operating in power, is the compromising church. 
It, it's the church that thinks we can just kind of compromise with the world and compromise with, with, with the way things are and we'll be okay. But that's unfaithful. See, that's unfaithful. What is written is written. See, what God had said had not been written in a book, but God had still said it. Adam knew God said it. And when he violated what he knew God said, he became unfaithful and he lost his standing. See, we talked about how it required an obedient person, an obedient man, to come and operate in 100% obedience to God to get back the authority that Adam lost. But it also took a perfect man living a perfect life in 100% obedience and 100% faithfulness to get back that authority. Amen. Say it out loud. Say, Lord, I want to be faithful. See, see, faithfulness is required to operate in authority. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Brother Hagen used to say this. He would say, if there's a person that has a call of God on their life that's not successful, they were either, or, or in the ministry, and they're not successful, he would say they're either, A, they were never called, or B, they're hopelessly unfaithful. Amen. Unfaithfulness is key. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Notice what it says. Moreover, well, let's read verse 1 to get the complete context. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, first of all, this is not talking about uh, us being stewards, uh, just stewards in the sense of over... Uh, the wealth that God's given and these kind of things, although we are. Uh, religion takes that too far. See, we don't own anything. We're just stewards. He's talking about the mysteries of God. The mystery that God gave him. The revelation that God gave him. And notice what he says. He says we're stewards over it. And it is suggested that stewards be faithful. Required. Oh, no, required? required. It's required. So it's a requirement that stewards be faithful. Is that right? It's a requirement. So as a steward over what God has given, I'm required to be faithful with it. Amen. Faithful in the execution of commands or the discharge of my duty. That, that's, that's why I remember when Peter and John stood before the council when they had healed the lame man at the gate beautiful and, and they told him, well, okay, indeed a notable miracle has occurred because this man's over 40 years of age. And they said, but so that it goes no further, they commanded him, don't preach or teach anymore in that name. And boy, Peter stood up and said, look, 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 look. He said, I understand what you're saying, but we can only teach and say those things that we've seen and know to be true. Amen. And, 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 and because they found that they would not be unfaithful, they decided to beat them 
And those two faithful men left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame. Amen. Suffer shame because it was a shame to be beaten by the council. But they, they, were, they, were, they, were, they suffered shame in men's eyes, but they incurred no shame from God because they were not unfaithful. It's better for people to say shameful things about us than for God to say, I never knew them. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? So important. It's, it's required. Hallelujah. If it wouldn't make it too dark, could we turn that light off a little bit? I feel like I'm in the <laughs> skating rink in the 70s. Hey, hey, hey. I freak out. Da, da, da. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. Hey, Brother David knows what it was. He had an afro back then, though. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb says, don't start talking about that. Don't know. But it's required that we be faithful. It's required that we be found faithful. Amen. See, we've been given, we've been trusted with what God has asked us to do. That that word faithfulness leans heavily on that word trust. In the Greek, it's literally this word. We wouldn't use it much, but it's trusty, trusty. T-R-U-S-T-Y, trusty. A person is trusty. That's where we get the word trustee. All right? If somebody's a trustee, there's trust that's been put in them. That word faithfulness leans heavily on that word trust. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we've been trusted with what God's asked us to do. Our job, show ourselves faithful. Amen. Say it out loud. Say, Lord, I'll be faithful. faithful. See, it's it's our job to show ourselves faithful. We've been given a sacred trust and the authority to carry it out. Amen. Amen. You know, it's not lost on me ever that God could have asked anybody to do what he's asking us to do. But somewhere he looked and he found this group and said, I trust them to get this done. I trust them to get this done. Amen. Whatever you're doing in the body of Christ, God trusts you to do it. My job's be faithful. Not perfect, but faithful. Amen. You know, the Bible said uh, uh, to one person, it said, because you've been faithful in a few things. Aren't you glad he didn't say everything? Or 100%. He said, but because you've been faithful in a few things, I'll make you ruler over many. Amen. You might only be doing one thing for God, but if you'll just be faithful in that one thing that you're doing, God will put you over many things. God will put you over, right? Don't ever look at what you're doing as minuscule, that it doesn't matter that much. Well, who am I really helping? What difference am I making? You're making a difference in the annals of faithfulness. Because when you're willing to do something that God asks you to do, and nobody knows you're doing it, or it's not the limelight position, God says, I'm marking that down. And when the time comes to give out the rewards, you're getting a good one because you've been faithful. 
Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Amen. I've had people say to me before, well, you know, what I do don't make that much difference. Well, God asked you to do it. It must be, it must be making a difference for somebody. But it's, it's called faithfulness. You know, Billy Graham, when he first started in the ministry, graduated college, got married, and when he first started in the ministry, he pastored a church outside of Chicago, Illinois. And he pastored a church that when they started building the church, they only had the basement built and they ran out of money. So they had the basement and a roof on the basement. And so he pastored that church, and when you came to that church, you saw the steps, that's all you saw, and it went down into the basement. He pastored the basement church. (laughs) Hallelujah. But he was faithful. He was faithful. He was faithful. And it's estimated that he won more people to Jesus than maybe any other human being ever. Faithful. Faithful. This is so important. Amen. It's a requirement. That we be found faithful. Faithfulness is not an option. When it comes to what God's asked us to do. It's not an option. It's not an option. It's required. Amen. I asked a minister one time. uh, I was talking to him. Who had walked away from what God wanted him to do. And I asked him. I said what about the call of God on your life? What about the anointing of God? And he said, well, you know, I, I don't know. I got things I got to figure out, and, and then I, I guess I'll get back to that. Says who? Wow. Who says you get to? Who says by the time you're ready to go do it, God won't find somebody else? See, that's so important. Amen. When, when a person thinks like that, when a person thinks that way, well, I'll get back around to it. Maybe not. Amen. Get up. Why are you weeping? Why are you weeping for Saul? Seeing I've rejected him from ruling over my people. But you, walk, you read just two chapters earlier. It says, Arise, for this is the Lord's anointed. And the Lord said, I called you out from the house of your father to be over my people Israel. And a short three or four chapters later, God says, I've rejected him. Well, that doesn't mean God got up bad one day and got up on the wrong side of the bed and said, I don't want anything to do with Saul. Saul was unfaithful. Don't sacrifice. Wait till I get there. Do not offer a sacrifice. Right? And he offered the sacrifice. And right there at that moment, God told Saul, he said, he said, the kingdom has been taken away from you and I have given it to a man after my own heart. Is that right? See, people, people look at David, and very often David's, David's the object of scorn and the object of, of you know, the mistakes that he made. But if you read the Bible very carefully, it says this. It says that David made two mistakes, Bathsheba and Uriah. That's what it says. But what did he do in both those instances? Repent. He was faithful. He, got, he ate the carpet. He got on his face before God. And he said, Lord, against you only 
have I sinned? This is not against the people. This is not against me. This, I don't, listen, he knew his son was dying. He knew the curse had come on him because of his mistakes. But he was faithful to God. He said, you're the one that brought me up from following the sheep. You took me from the lowest place in my father's house. And you exalted me and placed me on the throne of Israel. Who is my house and who am I that you would do this for me? He stayed faithful. He stayed faithful. Listen, just I don't know how many mistakes you've made. I've made too many that I can't count them. But I've learned something. If I'll stay faithful and do what God wants me to do. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see, see, who says that person will get the chance? Hallelujah. The, the, the prophet came to Eli and said, when, when your ancestors came out of Egypt, he was of the tribe of Levi, when your ancestors came out of Egypt, I said that your, your fathers would serve me continually, your line, your branch. He said, but not now. Because those that honor me, I'll honor. I cannot say I honor Michelle as my wife and yet be unfaithful to her. In thought, in deed, in action. I can't think wrong, act wrong, or talk wrong. I can't treat her wrong and say I'm faithful. Amen. Now, I'm not saying here, this is just a good place to preach for a minute. The things of God are precious. The things of God are precious. They require faithfulness. Jesus was 100% faithful to what the Father asked him to do. Notice in Hebrews chapter 3. And I know, please don't misunderstand, I know that, you know, uh, uh, God is the God of a second chance and a third chance and, and praise God. I heard one person saying unending chances. I don't know that. I don't know that. I think it's just better to be faithful and not risk it. I think it's better just to stay with what God asked you to do and not risk it. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm, I'm not. I've went, I've went to the Lord a lot lately and say, Lord, if there's anything you see in me that's even, that's even a little bit unfaithful, you show me. Because I don't, I don't have time to miss out on anything that God wants us to do. We, we don't have time. If we are, are in the last of the last days, as we say we believe we are, amen. It's time for a lot in the church to tighten up like they've never tightened up and say, I'm going to be even more faithful than I've ever been to what God asked me to be. And that doesn't just mean show up at every service. That means that you're faithful. Your mind is right. Your attitude's right. Your thinking's right. Amen. We should be, we should be getting farther away from the world every day of our Christian existence. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Hebrews 3 verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Think about that. He's not writing to preachers. He's writing to believers. And he says, you are partakers of the heavenly calling. Oh, hallelujah. 
Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. And notice what it says. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch he that builded the house has more honor than the house. Jesus was faithful to the one that appointed him or anointed him. And then notice something. Notice how glory and honor are attached to faithfulness. He said he's worthy of glory and worthy of honor because he was faithful. Jesus is the prototype. He's the model. He's the die that we are cast from. Amen. But of him, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, but of him are you in Christ. We are of God. Preposition of, it denotes the source that we came from. We are of God. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are of God. God is, the Bible says, faithful. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able to bear, but will with the temptation make a way for you to escape. That means God's faithful to help you, faithful to show up. The Bible says about Jesus, He is a faithful, a merciful, and faithful high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Because he was tempted in all points, like as are we, yet without sin. And because of that, he's able to secure, to help, to run to the aid of those that need help. That means he's faithful because he's been where you've been. He's been where you're at. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to suffer in the flesh. But he's faithful to help us. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is what we're becoming like. Every day we're becoming more like Him. Every day. Your spirit was made 100% Christ-like. Amen. And Jesus was faithful. Notice in John 9. Am I helping you with this? John chapter 9. John chapter 9 and verse 4. Notice what Jesus said. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. The Moffat translation says, while daylight lasts, we must be busy with the work of him who sent me. Now notice, he was sent by the Father to do the Father's work. Why is that so important? He was faithful to the Father. The Bible says, we read it last week, Jesus did not experience the exaltation and the honor until after he had humbled himself and became obedient unto death. It says, therefore or wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. 
after he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Everything that Jesus said he was doing, he said it was the Father's works. Jesus took no credit for the revelation he had. He said, it's the Father's words. I say what the Father says. Why is that important? That's faithfulness. This is the Father's works. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, a faithful man said this. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. I can of my own self do nothing. Now that's Jesus. That's God in the flesh. That's the perfect Son of God who said, I can of my own self do nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at, at, at John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And verse uh, 34. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, notice, and finish his work. His work. The Rotherham translation says to complete his work. His work. So important. That's faithfulness. This is the Father's work. This is what the Father wants done in the earth. See, for authority to flow, for the authority God has given to flow, it flows best in the avenue of what God has asked. If God has asked you to do something, there is authority given by God to do it. But I have to consider it God's work. You know, there, there are things that are, that, are, that are clichéic sometimes in the church. And you'll hear pastors say, well, you know, the people are God's sheep. Well, if, that's, if they really believe that, then their attitude about it and their attitude towards them will be like they're doing this for God. And there will be a faithfulness. Amen. You know, my parents grew up in the ministry and they pastored seven churches. And uh, I never heard my parents say a bad thing about anybody in those churches. Never one time. Everybody in those churches might as well have been angels, as far as I was concerned. I'm, now, I'm sure there were people that gave them a hard time, but they never said anything because they love people. See, that, that's faithfulness. Amen. I said, that's faithfulness. If this is what God has asked me to do. Hallelujah. In John 5, John 5 and verse 36. But I have greater witness than that of John for the works which the Father have given, has given me to finish. The same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. If you were to do a study sometime at how, how many times Jesus said, The Father sent me. The Father has given. The Father has commanded. The Father has asked. He was constantly referring back to what the Father wanted him to do. That was his center point of reference. This is what the Father wants, and so this is what I'm going to do. I'm not, I'm not going to abandon what He wants. I'm, I'm, not, going, I'm not going to shirk my responsibility I'm going to be faithful. Hallelujah. In John 17 and 4. Or excuse me. Yeah, John 17, 4. 
You know, I was, I was mentioning that minister uh, a little while ago. You know, my heart hurts. I, I remember one time uh, I, was, I was dealing with a minister and uh, uh, his wife, I believe his wife had spoke to my wife. I forget exactly. I think that's how it was. Or one of the leaders of the church and they brought it to my attention. And uh, uh, he was physically abusing his wife. And, uh, well, you know, that's not an option, you know. Amen. And so uh, I, uh, at that time, the, the church there in DeSoto, my office was uh, down the street from the church. And I said, hey, jump in the car and, and go down and uh, uh, let's, let's talk about some things. He said, okay. Jumped in the car. He didn't know what we were going to talk about. And uh, I got him, I got him in, the, in the office. And uh, I leaned over and I just... I began to talk to him about what was going on. And he kind of act kind of flippant, you know, like nonchalant. And I remember looking at him and I slammed my my table. And I'm not, I'm not a uh, how do I want to say this? I'm my if if there's an issue when our kids were growing up, if one of them had a fender bender or something like that, who'd you send? Me. Because my wife says I am the same. Right? I mean, if, if, if one of the kids gets up and blood's running out of their knee, I mean, it's, it doesn't phase me. Well, come on, we'll get, we'll get it. I'm just, that's just me. So when I say this, I, I want you to understand. I, I looked at him and I just, I pounded my desk. I said, you are throwing away your life. You're, you're sullying the call of God on your life. You're destroying this. You're being unfaithful with what God asked you to do. Because when I get married, my wife should expect from me no harsh words. Right? I, I realize maybe none of us have been 100% on that. But that she has a right to expect that. Everyone in this room, you have a right to expect that your pastors are going to be faithful to what God asks. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, because of, of that young man's faithful, unfaithfulness, he lost his marriage. He lost his ministry. He was a dynamic preacher. But dynamic anointings will not overcome unfaithfulness. They just won't. Amen. It's better, to be, uh, it's better to be faithful without a platform than to have a platform and be unfaithful. As a matter of fact, if you see somebody with a platform that's successful and strong, I promise you back of that is faithfulness. Am I helping you with this? Jesus was given works by the Father to complete. And the Hebrews we just read states he was faithful to the one that appointed him. Notice, he was faithful to the one that appointed him. I want you to go and I want you to do this work and I want you to reconcile men to me and I want you to give your life. The Bible says that Jesus was faithful unto death. He loved until the end. Why did he love? Because God loved. God so loved, He gave. Notice in, in Luke 16. Hallelujah. 
And there's so many elements of this that I don't have time to get into, but, you know, tithing, giving, putting God first in your finances, that's faithfulness. That's faithfulness. The, 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 the Bible says that you honor the Lord with the first fruits of all of your increase, with the substance of your life and the, the first fruits of all of your increase. Matthew 6.33 says you seek first the kingdom of God. My family, I'm telling you, you cannot be faithful to put God first without God putting you first. He, when, when you are faithful with God's things, God's faithful to bless your things. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That's, that, 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 that's so important. That's so important. Luke 16, verse 10. Notice it says, uh, and this, of course, is following on the heels of the parable of the unjust steward. And, and you'll remember how he was unjust, but more than unjust, he was unfaithful. He was unfaithful to his master and he was unfaithful to those that owed his master. But Jesus said, notice what he said. Let's, for the sake of time, it says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust in much. If you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon or riches, who will commit to your trust the true riches. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Now let's look at this real quickly. Jesus was faithful in what belonged to another. He said it's the Father's works. It's the Father's words. It's the Father's ministry. Amen. He was faithful in what belonged to another. The word faithful, I told you earlier, leans heavily on the word trust or trustworthy. Faithfulness is always proven in small things. If you are unfaithful with a quarter, you'll be unfaithful with $10. And there are people that say, well, it's no big deal. It is a big deal because it proves your mindset. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe I should preach right over here for a minute. Right? It it, it proves the mindset. I I used to know a minister that they thought, you know, that the money that came into the ministry, that they could just do whatever they wanted to because it was their ministry. Well, you can't. Right? My pastor would interview people that counted the money. He would, he would put them through a vetting process, not just see if they were honorable, but to check their spirit. He wanted faithful people doing that. Amen. Faithfulness. What, if, if a person is unfaithful with their time, if they're not faithful to show up on time, If they're not faithful to be early for their job, faithful to be early for their post, that's that's a symptom. It means that what I'm doing don't mean very much to me. Lost my crowd. 
you see? And, and I've had people say, well, it don't matter. I got here on time. No, you didn't. You were late. On time is late. If we start at 10 o'clock and you show up at 10 o'clock, you're late. There's Eastern time, Central time, and Pacific time, and Faith Builders time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Because, because what if we need you to be there to receive somebody? What if we need you to be there to, to make sure something's ready? And we say we're going to be there at 10. And you think, well, I got, I got till 10 o'clock. No, you don't. You've got till 9.30. Hallelujah. See, that's, that's a small thing. Early is on time. Amen. I remember one time, you remember Brother Jim was here ministering? You couldn't miss him. And uh, uh, he uh, did uh, prison ministry with me for years. And uh, one Sunday morning, we were meeting at the church, and uh, he said, uh, what time do we need to meet? And I said, 8.45. We need to meet at 8.45, 7.45, because we had to be there uh, uh, about 8.45. And I said, yes, yeah, 7.45. He said, okay. And uh, so I got there at the church. I got there at the church 7.30. And I was watching, 745 came along, people say, what'd you do? Got in my car and left. Well, what'd he do? He showed up about three minutes later. And there was no pastor. So he was very early for church. <laughs> and when Pastor Michelle got there, he said, well, you know, I was only three minutes late. And Pastor Michelle just shook her head and said, well, he, he left. He would have left right at 745. People say, but you could have waited. Could have. But if it's 7.45, it's 7.45. Is that right? Now, if that's a problem, check your heart. Well, I just don't think you ought to put that kind of pressure on people. Well, you do whatever you want to do. Right? But, but, but as long as I'm saying what time we show up and start, that's what we're going to do. Amen. And, and that's a proving ground. If, if that's an issue. I remember one time I had a drummer, and he didn't want to tithe. He did not want to tithe off every check. You know, it's, it's in the, the requirements. If you're on staff or have a position, you tithe to this ministry. We need to see your tithe on the record. Well, he wanted to do it a different way. And I said, no, you're not going to do it a different way. You're going to do it this way. Well, you know, I think I should just be able to tithe when I want. I said, then you don't have to play the drums. It's up to you. This is, this is you know, this is not a requirement. I'm not talking about how hard I can be. What I'm saying is, it, if I'm not faithful in that, right? Remember Jim told the story? He said he was vacuuming and he didn't, he didn't like it. I remember the Sunday morning. Man, he, he had just, he had only been saved a, 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 a couple months. And he's just banging that vacuum into chairs and into the wall. And he didn't want to be there. He wanted to be going home. And I saw it. And I, and, and I went over in love. I said, hey, brother, hey, hey, give me that. Go on home. It's okay. We got it. And people say, what did he do? He gave me the vacuum, left. <laughs> what were we working on? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. 
I wasn't mad at him working on faithfulness. But you know, there got to a point where he did that vacuuming right. Did it good, right? Right? Because his attitude was right. Jesus said, notice, Jesus said, if you've not been faithful in the little things or in what belongs to another person, you can't expect anybody to give you what belongs to you. Your ministry, ever what it could be or will be, is tied up in how faithful you are right now. Well, I believe God's called me to do this. He may have, but if you're not faithful with what He's asked you to do here, you may not ever get there. Oh, that's important. Amen. If you'll be faithful, God will bring you the money He said He wants to bring you. If you'll be faithful, God will bless you to be able to do the things that, that you've said you want to do or that you've, you've, you've said in your heart, God, I want to do that. And God says, just be faithful. I, I want to do something. I want to give hundreds of thousands of dollars to the church. Start giving 20. Start being faithful with the 50. Start being faithful with the 20. And the hundreds and the thousands will start coming. Nobody gets thousands in their life without first proving that they were faithful with the five. Am I helping you with this? Hallelujah. I remember when the Lord took me. I went, I went to my bedroom one night. Pastor Michelle was working at Price Chopper. Price Chopper is a grocery store chain, Kansas area. And uh, she was working nights. And I'd put the kids to bed and I'd go back in, in our bedroom. And man, we were hurting financially. I mean, not just hurting. We were, we were like passed out. We, were, we had been knocked out. Finances had whooped us. Amen. We had nothing. When I say we had nothing, we had nothing. And I went back to the Lord. And I, I went to Malachi chapter 3. I learned a long time ago. If you're honest with God, honesty is part of faithfulness. And I went to Malachi chapter 3 where it says, you know, bring all the tithe and I'll open the windows of heaven. I put my finger on that verse and I said, Lord, that's not working in my life. And I need to know why. And he said this to me. He said, uh, because you're inconsistent. Because you tithe when you think you can and when you don't think you can, you think you need it more than I do, you keep it. You said, that feel good? No, it hurt. I want to say like Brother Hagin, Lord, you hit me a low blow. <laughs> Amen. But it, it was the truth. Now, here's what I'm saying. What was God telling me? Philip, you've not been faithful. You know, it didn't take me very long to get faithful. That night when she got home, I said, honey, this is what the Lord said. And I swear before all that is good, from that moment forward, if we didn't get groceries, we tithe. If we didn't have gas to put in the car, we tithed. And it was a gesture of faithfulness. You're first. God is first. Amen. Lily got her uh, 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 allowance the other day. Did you tell Miss Gloria how much you got? You got how much? $10. Yeah. That was two weeks now for, for all her chores. And, but I explained to her, now when we go to church, a dollar of this is going to God. Because that God blessed you, and we want to honor God. I'm not bragging on my parenting. I'm saying I want that faithfulness to be there from the very beginning. Amen. Am I helping you with this? Let me hurry. 
I've got to hurry. Uh, uh, amen. It, it doesn't matter how you do things. If it doesn't matter how you do things as a volunteer, it won't matter if you get paid. Trust is built. Trust is built. Say it out loud. God, you can trust me. Say it again. God, you can trust me. Amen. Now, you have to look at this ministry as your ministry. This ministry is your ministry. It may not have your name on it, but it's your ministry. How it looks reflects on you. How it runs reflects on all of us. Amen. Now notice in uh, uh, verse uh, Luke 19 and verse 12. Let me finish. I might go a, f- a few minutes over, but let me finish this. Luke 19 and verse 12. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds. Now, he gave each of these ten servants around $50,000. All right? And he said, occupy, do business, trade until I come. Now, now, notice this. He called his servants and delivered them ten pounds. Now, here's the thing. Who, whose money was this? Whose? His money. Not their money, his money. Who are they trading for? Who are they doing business for? What's that? Him, the master, right? Whose servants are they? His servants. With his money. Doing his business. Is that right? But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we'll not have this man to reign over us. All right, that's, that's, this is talking about Jesus and the people in his day, the Jews in his day, saying we hate him, we don't want him to reign over us. And it came to pass when he was returned having received the kingdom, he left the earth and went and was seated at the right hand of the Father. And one day he's going to return. And he's going to return and bring the kingdom with him. Right now the kingdom's in us. But one day the kingdom's coming back to earth. Oh, glory. Then he commanded these servants to be called. So that means some of us are going to be there. Because these are people that were given a job on the earth. And when he returns, he's going to take an account of how the job was done. All right? And notice he says, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. The first came, then came the first saying, Lord, your pound. Wait, wait, read that right. Whose pound? Your pound. Has gained 10 pounds. So who'd the 10 pounds belong to? The master. Your pound gained 10 pounds. And he said, well, you good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little, watch this, have authority over 10 cities. Do you see this? What you do right now where faithfulness is concerned is going to affect what you get to do in eternity. Amen. I I don't mean this in a bad way. There are people that have positions in the body of Christ 
that God gave them and their positions of high exposure and their positions that require great faithfulness. And those people can play games with that and they might make heaven, but they might, they might end up being the gardener in a city that somebody nobody ever knew but was faithful was given authority over that city in eternity. And the person everybody else knew got to be the gardener. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Then he said, to the, he said to the next one, he said, the second came saying, Lord, notice, your pound gained five pounds. He said, you be over five cities. This is eternity. What's it tied to? Faithfulness. Now notice, notice, one, one was faithful and gained ten. Another was faithful and gained five. He was given ten, but his faithfulness produced five more. So he, what did he do? He returned fifteen back to the master. The first one was served, re, re, returned twenty. Everybody's not going to have the same amount of stuff to give back because everybody's not going to everybody's not going to be given the same amount. But here's the thing. Your faithfulness determines what you're going to be able to present to him and it determines what he's going to be able to put us over. And another came saying, "Lord, here's your pound which I've kept laid up in a napkin." Now right there, unfaithful you did not do what was asked. Why? Because he said, do business. Trade till I come back. Not wrap it up and hide it. He said, I feared you because you're an austere man. You take up that that you laid down and reap not where you sowed, where you did not sow. He said, out of your own mouth, I'll judge you. Now, why is that? And notice what he called him. Wicked servant. He says, you knew that I was an austere man? Or the Greek says, that's what you really thought? If you really thought that, if that's what you really knew or that's what you really thought, then you would have given my money to the bank that at my coming I would have at least gotten interest off of it. In other words, look what Jesus is saying. He's saying, it would have been more faithful to do nothing with this money but put it in the bank where the money would at least work for it. This man would not have been called wicked had he just done that. A little bit of faithfulness goes a long way. Just a little bit. And he said to them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that has ten. And notice what the parenthetical statement says. They said, Lord, he has ten pounds. Now think about this. We don't know what else this man got. But for 10 pounds, he was put over 10 cities. Now he's, now, now he's, given, now he's given back 30. With the 10 he was given, the 10 that he made, and the 10 that the Lord just gave him. Now he's given the Lord 30 back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now notice this. I say unto you that everyone that has... Has what? Been faithful. Shall be given. Everyone that has not. Has not what? Been faithful. 
even that he has shall be taken away from him. Now think about that. When he returned, he settled accounts. We don't have very long until this is a reality. 160,000 people left this earth today and went somewhere. Every two seconds, somebody leaves the earth. Another one just went. Another one gone. Another one gone. Well, since we've been in this, in this service tonight, a little over an hour, every two seconds somebody's been going to heaven or hell, leaving the earth. We don't have long till this happens. And the Bible says every one of us have been given the grace of the heavenly calling that God's placed in our life. What, what we're, we're doing, what are we doing with it? The first two servants increased what they'd been given. They were called good and faithful, trustworthy. See, does it matter that God can trust us? It matters. They were also given authorities over cities. What does that mean? We're living for more than the present. We're living for eternity. The third man had excuses. In reality, he was simply unfaithful and hadn't done what, he's, what he was told to do. Not only did he fall and fail, but that that he had was taken and given to a man that would be faithful. Whether or not authority flows in our lives to the extent it could is largely dependent on our faithfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. Say it out loud. Say, Father, I want you to find me faithful. Say this. Say, Father, I know it matters that you trust me. And I want you to know you can trust me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.